20 years. That's what it's been. 20 years. That is as long as our last war. And 20 years since 9-11. Now... I usually, sometimes I forget to make a show, so I just be neglecting, but I'm glad I'm making one today, because it is Saturday, a nice day to make a show, and really I didn't have nothing to talk about, but I had, I have a lot to talk about, 9-11-2001. And let me tell you, I remember where I was exactly to the minute of 9-11. I remember very vividly. I'll give you a quick synopsis. I was living out west. And... uh, I was working graveyard shift and I worked for this hotel called the Shiloh Inn Hotel. And um, I was just getting off work and it was a clear, nice day. Very clear, very clear outside that day. Skies were, I heard skies were blue on the East Coast all the way to the west coast and it was a nice day the air was crisp i really didn't know a lot about what was going on at that age i was 21 21 and i was living very far away from home but I was definitely enjoying it. But I remember I got off work and I get home. I worked at graveyard 11 to 7 or the night shift. And I was getting home and I said, all right, let me drive to the store and get me some coffee. And I went and got some coffee and came out. Nice day. Everything went cool. Everything was great. Really, it was. And I get to the house and I clean up a little bit because, you know, I messed up a little bit before I had left the night before. So I'm cleaning up and finally I clean up. And uh, it's about 8.45, 9 o'clock. And a friend of mine called me to tell me to turn on the news. And I said, all right. I, I watched the news in the morning, like, all the time. It was part of my primetime, daytime lineup. I had a primetime, daytime lineup. It would first start off with the news. And that would go until about 10 o'clock. 
And then I switch it over to TNT. And TNT back in 2001, they knew drama. All the drama shows was on TNT. You had ER. You had Judging Amy. You had, and a few other ones. You know, you had the NYPD Blue lineup. And, you know, I was a little bit prepared to watch a little bit of that. And carry my butt to bed at about 11.30 a.m. That was the plan. But my friend had called me told me to turn on the news. And uh, I did. And the news reporter said a plane has just struck the World Trade Center. And um, for a second, you know, I was really in... TV <laughs> to say the least and to be quite honest I thought it was another TV show I kid you not I said oh they really acting now <laughs> and I continued to watch cause you know I'm seeing where this goes and less than 14 minutes later, as they were filming and replaying the clip of the first plane hitting the tower, another plane flew into view and slammed right into the second tower. I said, oh. I think it just got real. But little did I know how real it got. I was 21 and let me tell you, I I lived that night because I worked that night. So my day didn't start until after 9 o'clock p.m. So I was just staying up in the day just to, you know, like, you know, like a regular person would do after they get off of work if they work that night. But they played the second clip and re-ran that. And what they were seeing, they couldn't believe. And I could not believe it either. I said, ah, I don't believe that. <laughs> I really said, I said, I don't believe that. I seen enough TV. <laughs> I was just about to watch TNT. And TNT is all about that dynamite. Basically. And what TNT really taught me then was they can simulate a lot of stuff. And I knew it, so I thought, ah, this is just a simulation. But the reality kicked in as the second plane hit. And then 45 minutes after that, the first whole tower came down like precision dynamite. That's, look. 
that is what I saw. I said I saw that building came down like precision dynamite. Because I d- could not believe a plane can hit one floor or a few floors on the top and that will result in the whole building imploding. Now look, the steel in this building is is old. Grant that. The steel in this building was still steel. And it, it was going to stand because if one steel breaks off, you have to heat up and, and do the whole rest of all the steels all the way down. I thought that's what, what I was looking at. A real special demolition. Like the building just came down. And I said to myself, self, can a building really fold in like that? Now look, I lived in the projects. So we had buildings in our areas that were 14 floors and higher. 14 floor buildings, we had 21 story buildings for living quarters. So, eh. I wouldn't think, since I've seen how they build these tall buildings, that the Twin Towers will come down with so much ease. Because I've seen how these buildings are constructed from the raw material. How they drive in the beams over weeks. We live through... Every day, people driving beams to build bigger buildings in the hood, of course. So I said, this got to be some sort of, some sort of TV show. But it, it got real, real once that, that first tower went down. And what I thought was, oh my God, if that is real, so many people just die. Because that building is always busy. Now, I've been there a few times. I've been in there. I've been under there. Several times. And it's busy. And people are all through that building and area. It was right in the, the very morning of the day. So, there was a lot of people in that building. A lot. And then, when the second tower crumbled to the ground I knew it was an attack I knew it was an attack because buildings don't be falling just like that 
And I knew it was an attack. Now, I'm not saying an attack from who. Because there's a lot of theories out there as to what brought down the Twin Towers, is what we call them, the Twin Towers. In my neighborhood, we had baby Twin Towers. You know, you know, you got the Atlantic, the Atlantic Towers down there. You know, and these are some big living quarters. And they're nice compared to what the rest of the people in the hood is living in. I mean, these are ones that were basically built with more newer stuff than all the stuff that was already built for the last 100 to 200 years in New York City. So it was like, man, somebody purposefully took down two buildings in less than an hour. Now, I know I can do a lot of stuff in less than an hour. So, I know that that was really possible. At this point, everybody in the city, I'm sure, is on red alert. Like, seriously. Because I remember they grounded aircrafts. The president made all aircrafts land. He made them all land. And they didn't take off until he gave a clearing that they can take off again. And get back to the skies. They grounded all airlines. They said, if you are a plane, you must land. <laughs> because they didn't know where the threat was coming from. And it was coming from a lot of different places. Because altogether, it was like four aircraft. The two that hit the towers, the one that flew off course and the one that hit the side of the Pentagon. That's four planes. And let me tell you, that day, it was so clear. It was probably three to 4,000 planes in the air. So they had to ground them all. And I remember it was a real big ordeal when getting these planes grounded. Some of them, the Air Force, had to make land, you know, and tell them where the land. They routed all the planes to their nearest airlines. Or their nearest, sometimes even the nearest landing strip they can get. If air traffic control said there's a runway that you can land on in the suburbs, they have a small airport there, they would have to put that plane down there. And this could be a commercial jet. As long as the runway had what it need 
for the specs to be put into landing or descent, it was able to land. Because sometimes these big planes, they need extra long runways. But hey, if it needed a quota, or if it, if, it, it ruled, if it ruled out, they measured it, they said, land that bad boy there. And they had to land those planes. It was a lot of stuff going on that day. It was a lot of stuff going on even in my life on that day. A lot of stuff. And whatever, let me tell you, whatever situation I was going through when I was 21, it went out the window. I don't even know what I was going through then. But I can tell you one thing. It was something I haven't done before. It was new. And... I enjoyed it. It, it, it. That day made everything that I was going through small. Like real, real insignificant to the big picture of life. And I only knew a little bit. I mean... At 21, I can honestly say I walked blindly through life. Like some people don't really know like of themselves and they're not really aware and I was definitely one of them. I was aware of my next paycheck, my next meal, my next bill I have to pay. It was, it was all novice thoughts. I mean, I was 3,000 plus miles away from where I grew up. At 21, I already had a son by 21. I had my son at 20. And, uh, yeah, me and his mom had broke up, you know, and it was just a real, real tumultuous time. But it shrank the way to nothing to where I really didn't see it for what it really was when that really was happening. That in a reality for me was a real reality check. And I glanced over it. <laughs> glanced. So when people be like, how do you feel about 9-11? Sometimes I don't feel no kind of way about it. I glossed over life like and not 
because of like alcohol or drugs because I just wasn't fully conscious, like conscious, you know, like aware. I didn't have no third eye. I didn't, I didn't even really have my own eyes. Now, some people, a lot of people are doing this right now. They were just walking around unaware, but they are aware of their existence. But the bigger picture is outside of their scope, or outside of what's really going on in their mind. And I glanced over because I'm from Brooklyn, and I know, to be frank, Shit happens. That's how I summed up 9-11. Because when me and my first child mother split up, my biggest mindset was shit happens. And I knew that then and I know that now. Things happen. Some of the stuff happens we have control over. Some of the stuff happens and we don't have no control over. But stuff is going to happen for sure. We just have to be always aware of our awareness, really. Because anything can happen at any time. And 9-11 really put that on the spot. Had I not left... (laughs) New York City, I would not doubt I would be in that area. Because I travel mostly outside of the borough that I grew up in. You know, so I was in Lower Manhattan. I was at Times Square several times. At Times Square several times. Doing whatever. I could have been going to interviews, meeting with people, just traveling in the train under there. Because in uh, Brooklyn, just to get to, you know, lower Manhattan, it takes about, I mean, on the A train, about 40, 40 minutes. I mean, you got to go through downtown Brooklyn and whatnot and then cross over the water a little bit to get into lower Manhattan. That, that whole thing, you can be all the way on 42nd Street, which is uh, past the World Trade Center, I think, if I remember correctly. And you'll be just traveling back and forth. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of transfers of trains in the commute 
a lot of those connecting trains happen at the World Trade Center. Like at the World Trade Center, you can get many of the trains that run on the whole MTA line from the World Trade Center. I think they made it that way. So it, the centering would be the central hub. And it was it was great. When I went back to New York after 9-11, things definitely looked different without those two buildings there. For sure. For sure, for sure. Definitely changed the landscape of New York City. And even Brooklyn, because we can see the Twin Towers from from Brooklyn. Some boroughs you can't see the Twin Towers from. You can't see it from Queens, and you can't see it from Staten Island, and, and so forth and so on. But you can see it from Brooklyn. It's just, if you look out the window, you'll definitely see the Twin Towers. And it was definitely a different scenery now that those buildings are gone. So I give condolences to everyone that was affected by 9-11. 9-11 means a lot to me because in the inverse, it is my birthday, 1-19. I don't let a lot of people know that. So you just got something there. So... I mean, even the place where I, I mean, I work, so the place where I, I had clean today, their address is 9111. So, it is, you know, ever present, the, the energy of 9-11. And all the souls... And all the people that perished in its wake, I give my condolence. Not because anything else other than to have you know that I really feel you. I mean, a lot was lost 20 years ago. Indeed.
Thank you for that moment of silence, for the remembrance of 9-11. I like to take this time to say thank you to all my listeners, the ones that don't listen at all, and the ones mostly that do listen. I pray that you pass this on and I hope the next 20 years will be your jubilee. Indeed. I say that because mourning, when you mourn somebody, you know, sometimes you really don't let go. And you would mourn people a little longer. in most cases. I know everybody that was affected by 9-11 is still mourning. Their whole lives and our whole lives was forever changed. There's some real powerful stories out there of survivors of 9-11. Real, live, powerful stories. And a lot of it really goes unheard from the ones that are in mourning. Sometimes people who are in mourning, they can't even bring up the person's name of who they are mourning. Because the wound is still fresh. Why? Because it always seems like yesterday. And we, we really feel that. It seems like only yesterday since we talked to that person. Seems like only yesterday since we've seen them. It seems like only yesterday that we heard their voice. And we keep these things for assurance, 
for encouragement or just sometimes just to mourn. The remembrance of people, whether they are great or small, always leaves a great hole without them. And sometimes the senses will be so overwhelmed that you just don't know what to do. You always go through in your mind the if onlys and the what ifs. I hope you all received that peace that surpasses all understanding. Because that peace is the same peace that your loved one that's lost is experiencing right now. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And they really want to share that with you. Peace to know you'll see them again someday. Peace to know there's no more suffering of the world. They don't have to toil with the trivial cases of the world. The same things that people go through every day, people are still going through today. So I say to you, Excelsior, Shabbat Shalom. Praise the peace when you receive it. Praise is a wonderful expression in releasing these sensibilities, if you will. I pray you all have bright days. As clear as it was on this very same day 20 years ago. It was a bright day today. Just like that day. Skies were blue. Just as today. Water was wet. As my daddy would say. <laughs> Just like today. I, I hope you all are doing well. If you caught all that music, that's just somebody driving by. They just got it turned up. Well, let me get off of here. 
I'd like to thank everybody for listening today. This show is brought to you by Yes Services. Yes, we can. Yahweh Enterprise Services. LLC. That's me. And brought to you by Geico. Where you can save 15% in 15 minutes by switching to Geico.